Hey, South Africa. Welcome to Farmers Inside Track Weekend. I'm your host, Donumdu. In this edition, we take a deeper dive into how farmers can up their carbon credit game in Mzanzi. Now, if you missed the introduction, then scroll down on this podcast channel for part one with Nicole Ludolf and Gray Maguire from Carbon Neutral South Africa. He's, of course, back with us this week to unpack how to apply for their carbon credit program and more about why it's so vital for a sustainable farming future. Great. Welcome back to Farmers Inside Track. Now, Carbon Neutral Group South Africa started their first carbon credit program in the country in 2021. Can you tell us a bit about your journey? We did sign on a number of farmers in the course of last year. We we signed on about 44,000 hectares into the program last year in a range of different sectors. But because we're literally the first organization in the world applying this methodology, a lot of it was figuring out things as we were moving along. And we got to a point where we realized that there was going to be a level of specific sector knowledge that was going to be required to help us establish baselines for farmers in different sectors and in different regions. And the majority of the farmers that we had brought into the program that were engaged in regenerative agricultural practices were in the dairy industry. And we had really good quality data and really good partners there, in particular a company called Trace and Save. And as a result of that, what we decided to do was to focus the first phase of the program on the dairy sector. And as a result, we then processed of those 44,000 hectares, about 19,500 hectares exclusively in the dairy sector. And now in the second phase, we are now going through our second phase of registration between July and September this year. We will be expanding the sectors that we are processing data for into a range of other sectors. So that will be maize, wheat, sorghum, soybean, dry bean, groundnut, oats, sugarcane, bananas, apples, citrus, and livestock. So there's a really big uptick in the level of interest in the program, especially because of the fact that we have actually gone through this audit cycle. We're now in a position where we can pretty confidently say that we're able to reflect some very real value back to our farmers And they're very excited to receive their first payouts, which we're expecting to make in October and November this year. I mean, having actually walked the road before, it gives farmers the confidence that they know that it's not going to be a futile exercise, that this is actually something that can deliver real value to them. Now, what are some of the reasons farmers should apply for your carbon credits program? There's a few things about it. On the one hand, there's obviously there's the economic reward for this. So, you know, particularly farmers who have been engaged in regenerative activities or who started to get into regenerative activities over the last five years and who had been farming in more conventional practices before then. We are very keen to process the farmer data coming from those farms during this period because this is the last time that we will be able to, in fact, that anyone will be able to process five years worth of backdated data. That's, that's fortunately, this is a change in regulation now that no longer allows that. So there is a unique opportunity there. And so aside from that, that revenue-based side of things, it's also a mechanism for farm management as well. As we're starting to see with, with corporate supply chains, they're wanting to see more and more that farmers are taking a, an eye on their environmental impacts. And over time, what will start to happen as well is that they will start to then be asking information around the carbon impact of the farmers that they're buying from. And this is one of the steps that can help facilitate that process as the saying goes, you can't manage something if you don't measure it. And this is one of the things that, that can facilitate that process. 
And then obviously the other big component is around improving the amount of climate resilience that accrues to farmers. So uh, reducing the requirements for irrigation, reducing inputs, improving the quality of their crop outputs, improving yields. These are real impacts that we see from farmers that have taken a regenerative route. And then lastly, and this will be something that we're really going to start to push more and more as we have gathered more and more years worth of data from a variety of different sectors, we will start to be able to provide feedback and investment advice to farmers to tell them, okay, we've noticed that within your sector and within your soil type, farming, moving over onto a no-till plant, for example, sees significant yield increases or it is something that can result in a situation where compaction becomes a problem because of the soil type. And then we often see that farmer might need to go in and plow in lime into his soils in order to be able to reduce pH or, you know, that particular crop rotation system works best or that integration of livestock for residue management is a really effective mechanism for, for both building the soil carbon itself and building soil microbes but also at the same time, it reduces the need for things like burning residues. This is all part of the advisory that we will start to be able to offer to our farmers as we move into the future, along with some kinds of products as well. So as farmers can start to demonstrate that they've improved their climate resilience, this is the kind of thing that will reduce the costs of multi-parallel insurance. So we've been in conversations with the insurance sector around that as well. In an article that you wrote for another publication, You mentioned that the EU will start fining agricultural importers if their carbon footprint is too high. Why should South African farmers be worried about this? This is a really worrying part of where we're at in the South African policy level approach to agriculture. You know, agriculture is by far the biggest employer in terms of as a sector, in terms of provision of livelihoods. If you look at the amount of people in small scale farming, it's over two and a half million small scale farmers inside South Africa. There's 680,000 odd people employed by the commercial agricultural sector. It is an enormous, enormous sector in South Africa. In 2020, in the COVID year, there were only two sectors that didn't have negative GDP. The one was government services, which grew at 0.7%. And the other was agriculture, which grew at 13%. If it weren't for agriculture, we would have had double digit negative GDP growth in that year. So it is the super, super important sector. And if you look at the policy environment that we're implementing around it, it is not very progressive at all. You know, if you look at the regulatory environment, a lot of the things like, for example, on agricultural inputs, those are policies and regulations that were developed in the 1940s. So they're way behind, you know, where the the rest of the world is. And if you look at who our export markets are, 38% of the South African exports go to the EU. And the EU, it's part of the European Green Deal. There is this mechanism called CBAM, which is the Carbon Border Adjustment Mechanism. And what that does is that that places a tariff on the carbon embodied in imports going into the EU in order to be able to essentially not disadvantage the internal production inside the EU as a result of the increasing carbon taxation system, well, the the European emissions trading system that the EU has in place. They're trying to do this to decarbonize their economy and also at the same time protect their producers from companies that produce less environmentally friendly in other places. So what's going to be happening from 2026 is that the next process of this European Green Deal called the Farm to Fork strategy will start to be implemented. 
And that is when it is that they will start to then impose these carbon adjustment mechanisms at the borders, these tariffs for produce, and particularly in, in this case of farm to fork is in agricultural produce being imported into the EU. The thing that's really worrying about that is that in terms of per million dollars worth of, of agricultural exports, South Africa has the highest carbon emissions per million dollars worth of exports in the world by far. So we stand at 1,100 tons per million dollars worth of agri-exports, and the second highest country in the world is Poland, and they're only at 600. So we are way out of line. And it's really worrying because there is nothing, there is no approach from the national government in order to be able to address this. So really, like the decarbonization angle is really, really important. And then finally, do you have any advice for farmers who are interested in obtaining carbon credits? I just also encourage farmers, if they're wanting to explore going down this route, just be very careful in terms of actually taking in time to look at who the partners that you're planning on pursuing these avenues with. There's been quite a lot of very recent interest from people that don't have a background in either agriculture or in carbon that all of a sudden, you know, running around and saying, oh, yes, we can do this, we can do that. It is not a simple process. It is very complex. It requires a lot of very specialized skill in order to be able to deliver on this. And you can end up wasting a lot of your own time and missing out on the economic benefits that could be accruing to you if you you don't do your homework and don't actually find out, is this partner that I'm investigating, do they actually have something solid behind what it is that they claim? Thanks so much for joining us once again, Gray Maguire from Carbon Neutral South Africa. Now, if you missed the introduction, then scroll down on this podcast channel for more and also check out the detailed article on www.foodformzanzi.co.za. Now, that brings us to the end of this episode of Farmers Inside Track Weekend. Remember, if you loved it, then rate it and share it with your friends, family members, and don't forget your fellow farmers. From me, Numdu, Nicole Ludolf, our producer, Megan van der Vent, and the rest of the Food from Zanzi team, have an awesome weekend, guys. Bye for now. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans, though, right? We're inspiring, and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food Form Zanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story.